You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Before I get into today's episode, I want to tell you about my Patreon page. I set up my Patreon page to give my listeners a way to support the podcast and help me in reaching the goals that I have for the show. If you have not yet heard of my future plans for the show, please refer to episode 11 and you will hear all about them. However, if you are aware of where I'm trying to take the show and you wish to show your support, you can do so by becoming a Patreon supporter. As a supporter, you will enjoy special perks, which include early access to episodes, as well as exclusive access to my after-party series of interviews, which are interviews where my guests will talk explicitly about their escapades within the lifestyle. Trust me, these are very exciting episodes and you don't want to miss them. It's very easy to become a supporter, and you can do so for as little as $5 a month. The address is www.patreon.com slash keys and anklets podcast. Again, www.patreon.com slash keys and anklets podcast. And for those who don't know, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Again, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. For those of you who have become supporters, I want to thank you very much for your belief in me and your support is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Now I would like to give a special shout out to those people who have pledged their support to the Keys and Anklets podcast. Brian Smith, most from at New York, Chris from Colorado, at Single Cuck MI from Michigan. Flirty Nola on Twitter, Ben from Canada, at Black and White Sex on Twitter, Alex and Nikki, a hot wife couple in DC, at Grunky Zero on Twitter, at Hubby for QOS on Twitter, Cuck with No Luck, Mike from Benbrook, Ken D, Matt from Chicago, Lee and Jen from Black to White. Direwolf011 on Twitter, D and S from Dallas, Dan and Sonia, Miss Deb from New Jersey, Adrian, at Amanda Renee underscore 91 from Dallas, DJ in California, and the lovely Splash who's out there on the West Coast. If you are a supporter and you did not hear your name mentioned, please check your inbox because I send out a special email each time someone pledges their support. In this email, I ask how you would like to be addressed in the shout outs. If you do not see that email, please contact me and I will resend it to you because I want to make sure that everyone gets their proper recognition. So for all of those people that I just mentioned, Thank you very, very, very much from the bottom of my heart for lending your support. And I look forward to having this segment at the beginning of many more episodes where I recognize the people who support the podcast. Lastly, I just want to let everyone know that I cannot overstate the importance of becoming a supporter. 
As much as I enjoy doing the Keys and Anklets podcast, I simply cannot continue it long term because of the immense time commitment that it requires. My goal is to gather enough supporters so that I can focus full time on the show, therefore making it even bigger and better. And now, on to the next episode. I want to welcome you all to another installment of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Uh, I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Nookie. I actually encountered her on FetLife, a fascinating woman, and I really think that you guys are going to enjoy hearing from her and hearing all about her. So, Nookie, why don't you go ahead and say hello to the people? Hello to the people. <laughs> now, just to kind of give people an idea, because I'm sure some people might be kind of wondering, why don't you tell everybody which part of the country you're in? I am in the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina. Okay, down there in the triad. So for yeah. well, the triangle, We've got the, the triangle. triangle and the triad. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there you go. I, st- I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> now, just to kind of give everyone uh, a little bit of background, uh, from what I know about Nookie so far, uh, she's been in the lifestyle for some time. Uh, came in through the uh, the kink lifestyle angle. You were. You were a dom, right? Or are a dom? Well, I am a dominant, yes, Bill. Yes. Um, I've been in kink for 25 years now, I guess. Um, my first official, like, stepping out into kink was when I was 19, so that was a little while ago. Um, yeah, so, and I came to this lifestyle uh, through being a dominant and uh, exploring. And just to let, you know, uh, my listeners know, in case they're wondering, how does that tie into the podcast that I have? You're currently involved in a cuckold dynamic, right? I am. So could you kind of... Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, tell the people a little (laughs) bit about uh, what that dynamic is. Like, are you guys married? um, Are you dating? We are not married. Uh, We are dating. I am his dominant. Um... I am his cuckoldress. I am also, we have a really, we have a very um, flexible relationship. I am always his cuckoldress. I am always his dominant. Sometimes, though, I'm also his pimp. So he's not um, restricted in the way that many cuckolds in relationships are. Right. In the sense that he is not allowed, for example, he has sex with me all the freaking time. That is, that is not an issue. Um, I do control his orgasms and deny them when I choose, but he's not denied sex with me. Um, I, I own him, and I like to use him as I see fit. I also sometimes loan him out to my girlfriend uh-huh. because he's quite good at what he does. Um, so... We What's have, good that you like to share? A, oh, I loved it. I love to share. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's very, um, it's kind of like having a really nice sports car and encouraging your friend to drive it. It's a bit of an ego boost for me because I'm kind of showing him off. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's so amazing, right? So this is, he is mine, right? That's, to me, is, I, I separate, and, and this might be going a little bit beyond the original question, but I separate cuckolding, which to me is um, two things primarily, seeing 
enjoying seeing your woman or experiencing what your woman or knowing that your woman is being pleasured by another man um, with an emphasis on the fucking, but sexuality in general. And right. then the second part of cuckolding specifically as opposed to like hot wiping or sagging includes the emotional masochism of enjoying the jealousy. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, 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 and I know that not everybody defines it exactly that way, but that's how I define it. So everything else added on top of that, like the chastity or the buy or the cream pies or whatever, those are just additional fetishes that can go along with cook holding. And we do a lot of that as well, but then we also have all these other things that I'm, I'm a greedy, greedy hoe, greedy, and so is he. <laughs> So pretty much all the things that we can kind of fuck around with, we do. But the cook holding is, is a very core portion mm-hmm. of our relationship. There is nothing that does not tie into that in one way or another, with the exception of me specifically sharing him out and the fact that he tends to be dominant when I share him to other women. Okay, so he's, got, he's definitely got some switch in him. Oh, yeah. When, in fact, when he and I met, he'd never had a dominant woman before. So he was, he actually tended to take the lead because he's like many, you and I were talking about cuckolding the other day, and you said, you know what I love about cuckolds? They're so enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like that. Like anything can be turned into something sexual. And then by extension, because he is a cuckold through and through, into cook holding right so there's there's a lot of room for us to play well that's i mean one of the things that i that i that i always tell people is not to get too caught up in in labels um you know mm-hmm. it's it's all about what works for you and your partner like that's that's the best oh, thing absolutely. like for me the labels start to play importance when you're trying to figure out the type of bull you want to play with at a, at a given mm-hmm. time. In other words, if you're looking for some type of cuckold play, then you look for a bull who's familiar with that, who's comfortable with that, who's experienced with that. If you're just interested in, you know, a standard type of hot wife where, you know, you sit there and chill and just watch your wife play, then obviously you don't need a bull who is as diverse. You know, you just want somebody who's going to be respectful and show your lady a good time. But to kind of backtrack Absolutely. a little bit, to kind of backtrack a little bit, how did this all begin for you? Like, can you kind of take us back to the beginning as far as when you're, because I know that you have a, a very diverse background in kink. So can you kind of tell us about where that began and then when the cuckold, you know, situation popped up on your radar? Okay. So this is, this is actually a really interesting story. And I think it might be uh, incredibly informative to those cuckolds out there that might be listening that are single. Um, and interested in how they might integrate with a woman who might not yet be a cook oldress. So just just throwing that out there. So that way, you know, the, the, the single cook olds out there might be able to, like, perk up and actually pay a little bit of attention. Yeah, let's hope they do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I actually grew up with swingsters as my parents. And I call them swingsters because, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, it was sort of like all the alternative lifestylers sort of banded together. Well, right. Right. So it was a lot harder to find them. <laughs> you didn't yeah. Have the internet. Yeah. 
Now, it wasn't like, you know, nobody ever sat me down and said, okay, this is how mommy and daddy live. But when you grow up and you see, you know, men who sometimes dress as women, you know, hanging out at dinner or um, women who have a boyfriend and a girlfriend at the same time, you sort of get the feelings that, you know, these things are normal, right? So this, this is how I grew up without any prejudices against alternative lifestyles. Um, and uh, when I was 19, I stepped out into kink for the first time at the vault in New York City and uh, really enjoyed uh, the S&M aspect. And by S&M, I don't mean sadism and masochism in this case. I mean stand and model. Hmm. I was 19. I was a girl. I wore knee-high leather boots. It really didn't take anything more than that to have men wanting to serve me, right? Hmm. And that was fun. <laughs> it was very fun. But I wasn't really super into the intellectual aspects of things. Um, I ended up meeting a man who was kinky, although not into a particular role, who uh, ended up defining himself as switchy and poly. Mm -hmm. We dated. Uh, we had a little bit of fun here and there. We got married, and once we'd been married for a while, his kinkiness really dropped off, and his polyness actually turned to incredible jealousy. Oh wow! I was at the time um, working very hard. I had a I had a really successful business in Vanilla Land, <laughs> and so I didn't have a lot of time to be poly anyway. So I just, I, I let it go. I let it go too long, actually, is what happened. Um, and we broke up for other reasons, but his jealousy really struck a chord with me. And that will matter here in a minute. Um, my next boyfriend was very kinky, uh, a dominant, and I was terribly in love with him. And at the time, and for all, most of my kink life, I thought I was a switch. Because, you know, hey, I can do anything I want to do, right? Mama told right. me I could be anybody I wanted to be. Okay, let me just tell you, I, I'm a complete failure at being a submissive. <laughs> so that didn't work out either. Um, but I do love him, and he's a wonderful person, and we split amicably. Uh, but the other thing to note is that he also came into the relationship as Polly, um, was actually courting a third as we met and got together and started living together, that didn't work out. And he, again, went not only monogamous, but incredibly into, like, kind of the jealousy possessiveness thing. Um, luckily, I saw that happening, and I realized that, you know, we were not going to be a match. And so we ended up splitting up much more quickly. But in total, that was 20 years of my life, right there with two men who started out poly. And, you know, ended up at some point or another in the relationship um, calling me a slut, which in and of itself, I don't, it names, whatever, what people say when they're angry, whatever. However, so you mean they meant it, it in the I'm sorry. of how they believe. I don't mean to interrupt you, but when they said it, they meant it in a trying to tear you down way is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that sucks. Because they were, they were going into the, you know, they were going from the standpoint of you are mine. Right. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't consent to sharing you. So uh, when I got out of those relationships, I was, you know, very, very determined not to go through that type of thing again. And they were incredibly different men as well. I mean, in fact, they were almost opposites of one another. So 
there was there was a balance of you know well I'm not repeating the same patterns, but the same thing happened. So this is the this is when I met. Uh, I call him my pet. So my pet is my cuckold. Mm-hmm. This is when I met my pet, and um, we met at a femdom party, and he was very, very immediately drawn to me, and I was not so sure. Um, but at the same time, there was something in me pulling me towards him. Otherwise, I wouldn't have continued talking to him at all. Um, and a couple months after that, once we'd really started you know, getting to know each other and having a relationship, um, oh, and by the way, we just actually uh, passed the five-year anniversary of our meeting on the 17th of this month. Which, oh, congratulations. Yeah. So, hey, shout out, Pet's going to be listening to this at some point. <laughs> I love you, baby doll. Um, anyway, so at, at some point, a couple of months in, he mentioned that this was a fantasy of his, this cook-holding thing. Mm-hmm. Now, prior to and, him mentioning um, it, had you ever heard of it? I had heard of it. In fact, interestingly enough, I'd heard about it just a couple of weeks before from another friend of mine um, who was telling me about it and how it ended up not working out for him and his prior girlfriend. Um and how he had, you know, he was really into cook holding because he had such a tiny penis. Mm-hmm. And he enjoyed chastity as a result of it and yada, yada. And so there was, I was, I was, I, I had been introduced to it. I mean, I'd seen it a little bit in porn here and there. And then this guy, who was an incredible, like, chastity and cook hold fetishist, um, was talking to me about it. So when Pet brings it up, there were there was the first thing that I immediately thought is, well, this is a guy in a relationship with me, so it must be a trap, right? Going back to my previous relationships with guys who said they were poly, mm-hmm. and then ended up using all of my words against me, even though during that time with those two men, I never actually slept with another man, I never had a relationship with another man. It was simply my intentions that they were using against me. So, of course, I'm thinking with Pet, I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to get me to actually do this and use it against me. Right, because of what had happened Um, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he said to me, he's like, look, I've never had this really done to me. He said, even if this is just a fantasy, if you'll talk to me about it sometimes and accept that this is part of who I am, that will be more than I've ever had before. Hey, absolutely. Let's talk about, you know, how we can fantasize about this together, Mm -hmm. right? So this is probably October, late September, early October. By February of the following year, so about six months in, to our relationship, um, I had researched it. I had fantasized with him about it. I had talked to him about it. I had found and interviewed several bowls. I had chosen one, and I set up a surprise cook holding for him. Yeah, I remember you telling me about and that. we had I, a great I'm, time. I'm, I'm sure that my listeners would love to hear it, so <laughs> could you kind of go through that experience a little bit without going into too much detail, but just kind yeah, of what yeah. the setup was? So the setup was we had a play date, and we'd gotten a hotel room, 
And we started early in the afternoon, and the Bulls called from the hotel lobby at 7 p.m., which, you know, I've been keeping an eye on the time, and we had a scene, and we played, and, you know, we'd gotten redressed, and we're starting another scene, and the phone rings. And um, I said, oh, 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 let me get that, right? And I said, oh, thank you so much. Please bring it up. And I told him, I said, you know, that was the lobby. There was, you know, something that they're bringing up for me for this that, you know, I had delivered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And so he's blindfolded and tied up on the bed, and there's a knock on the door. And I so I go and answer the door, and I, I start flirting with the bull as if he were just a delivery person and saying, oh, wow, you're really, you're really cute. You know, you, would you like to come in? Uh, don't mind him on the bed. No, no, he won't mind at all. Now he's yeah. blindfolded at the time, he, right? He's blindfolded. He has no idea. I mean, I'm guessing he, he has what we call ESPN, which means that about every time I get up to any sort of trouble, he's guessing it, and he's, like, texting me, hey, what you up to? <laughs> and I told him I would never lie to him, so he's constantly ruining his enterprises. So I'm sure by this point he had an inkling of what was going on, but he was still tied up and blindfolded mm -hmm. on the bed, right? So there. And I'm interacting with a strange person. He has no idea who it is. You know, he's naked. I'm wearing this tiny little thing in high heels, right? So even if he doesn't know exactly what's going on, even if he thinks he might, what's, might know what's going on, shit's about to get real, right? <laughs> <laughs> And, um, so he knows. I, I, he, so what he knows at this time is he knows how you're dressed because he saw you before you blindfolded him. Yes. And he knows that there's a strange and he knows man there's in the a room. Strange man in the room, and that but, I'm flirting with him, and that I've gotten him to take his shirt off, and that he's kissing me, and he can hear that. Right. So at that point, I pause and I go over to my pet and I whisper in his ear. I said, "Do you trust me?" And he says, "Yes, my queen." And I said, if that changes, you're going to let me know, right? And he says, yes, my queen. And then we just continue on and have a rollicking good time. Now, what was his reaction afterwards? Oh, my God. He was grinning ear to fucking <laughs> ear. I mean, it was, it was an experience that yeah, I mean, it was a cornerstone mm -hmm. of who we are together today. And it was a couple of months after that that he petitioned for ownership as my submissive as well. So that was the first time you had ever actually participated in any kind of, of, of cuckold play yourself? Yes. Yeah, I've been, I've been in threesomes and such before, but nothing that was specifically geared towards me having and him not having. Mm -hmm. So when you first did it, did you did you take to it right away, like from the very first time you experienced it? Were you saying to yourself, wow, I really enjoy this, or was there, like, some awkwardness and you had to kind of get over a few things first. Like how quickly did you take to it after that first experience? Oh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, for me, the several months of research that I did and the engagement and fantasy talk that Pet and I had done over those months sharing like 
we, I mean, we shared corn. We shared Tumblr posts. We talked about how realistic or unrealistic some of those sentiments were for us. Um, you know, we, I, I, would, I would tease him and talk about, well, what happened if, you know, you came in and found me this way and so on and so forth. And even, even after all of that, I knew going into that evening, I had this, this concept of there's a 2% chance. There's always a 2% chance something is going to go horribly wrong mm -hmm. when you do something new like that. And that's how I went into the evening. There is a 2% chance that whatever it is that he and I have been building is going to be completely broken by this because he doesn't really want it. But I have to find out right. if we really want it together. And, yes, I, I really enjoyed it. That was a huge surprise, though, for me in a lot of ways because, and this is another one, listen, single, cuckold, or anybody that is interested in, you know, kind of, I don't like to use the word convincing, but in educating and sharing with a woman who might not be, like, totally on board with this, I am the type of woman who has always previously um, – preferred to have a strong, intimate, and emotional connection with the people I had sex with. By the time I met Pet, Pet was my number 10 mm -hmm. of men ever. Okay, so not a whole lot. And that was, that was, again, after 20 years of being with only two men. Right. So I was not like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I, I heard you talking with... Um, uh, oh, Venus uh, or Erica? Yes, Venus. Venus. It was Venus. And you guys were talking about, you know, well, you know, find a woman who's maybe, you know, had, you know, been the party girl in college or whatever. And and that's that's great advice. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying I was not that girl. Mm -hmm. I was never that girl. And um, for me, and this is the key that I think a lot of cookholds can really learn from. For me. It was the fact that I was in the most um, emotionally intimate and vulnerable and deep relationship I had ever had with my cuckold. So any man bull who stepped in was engaging in that relationship. So I don't need to have that intimacy with the bull. Right. I have to like them if I'm going to see them more than once. But I don't have to have that connection that I've always associated with sex because I have that with my cuckold. My cuckold is the best at everything that he can provide in a relationship with the exception of what the bull gives me. And that's key, the emotional connection. This isn't live porn, mm -hmm. right? This is an emotional roller coaster. It's like, it's like lifting weights for your relationship. You're testing it and proving it over and over and over again. So this is something to keep in mind for those pickles who see this as, you know, something they really want to do, and they know their woman is primarily monogamous. The reason she's monogamous is because she needs that depth from you. So how do you give her all of that depth and love and affection and fill her up with it 
and I'm, I'm not monogamous, I'm poly, but still, this is important to me from, you know, at least one of my partners and my primary or my, you know, my core. Or right, it has to come from, it it has to come from somewhere. Yes, and getting that from that person means that I'm more relaxed in anything that can be done. And this is actually a key that goes along a lot of different channels. I'm also, and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you before, but I'm also the um, moderator on a man's, men's domination forum, helping men become, you know, more dominant and more masterful in their own lives. It's a, um, I, well, I, I won't mention it. I'll let you post a link if you think it's appropriate. But um, in that, one of the things that we talk about is that if you can fill a woman's needs in a relationship, the two of you can do literally anything together because the needs are being met. If you're not filling those needs, anything you do together can be a stressor on the relationship. And that's what I taught my pet. And that's one of the reasons he actually ends up being more dominant than like 98% of the bulls we know is because he has grown so much in his own authenticity and how he fills needs for people that he is dominant to others quite easily and effectively. Um, but he's my owned pet property, household, <laughs> sludge, everything that goes along with that. Right, And it doesn't change the fact that he gets to feel that humiliation, that need, that jealousy, and, and so on and so forth, and all the things that many cookholds love to feel, but is still the most amazing man. And I can tell him this without it ruining his cookhold, you know, fetish fantasy, mm -hmm. the most amazing man I've ever known. Right? So this is... Again, this is something that I think is really critical for those cookholds out there who really, really want this, and they may be trying to uber fetishize themselves, like locking themselves up or whatever, before ever meeting a cookhold risk and finding out how the relationship will develop for her, right? Because when guys come to me and they say, I've locked up my tiny little pee-pee, and I don't ever want you to have sex with me. I'm like, dude, get the f out of my face. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm looking for in a man or in a cuckold, right? So, yeah, it, it, there's, there are different viewpoints out there, but this is something to consider. If you fetishize yourself too greatly, if you delve too deeply into your fantasies, there is no um, – no way to meet somebody who's not already there Right, right. No, that, on that, their level. You're too far gone. That's very similar to you know, what she and I had talked about in yeah. the episode where we were giving advice to guys is basically ease back on the sex stuff. You know, like, yeah. like dial it down and just get to know the person. In other words, let them see you as, you know, John who is – who has an interest in cuckolding, just like John who has an interest in football and John who has an interest in Star Wars movies and, you know, like mm -hmm. let cuckolding be one of the different things that you're into as opposed to just leading with it and 
yes. having that be the only thing that she sees you as. Like, let her get to know the real you. You know, like, don't hide mm-hmm. behind the cuckolding because, like you were saying, especially if she's not very knowledgeable of it, it's not going to paint a very good picture of you. Yeah. And it's going to be a very incomplete picture. So much. And it'll scare them. And yeah, it'll scare know, the hell out of them. For me, when they come at me, and I'm, I'm super familiar with kink, like nothing out there surprises me anymore. But when they come at me saying, you know, here are my 20 kinks in the first message before I've given you my name, I'm like, you have no idea how to interact with a woman. Yeah. Much less a dominant woman who is very clear on what she wants and desires from the men she interacts with. And that's why I often say that for a lot of these guys out there who are pursuing um, a, a cuckold relationship, like, to be totally honest, they are their own worst enemy. Like, they can't, they cannot oh, yeah. get out of their way sometimes. You know, they cannot get out of their own way. Me, I will tell them that. I'm like, you know, that, one of, one of the things I send back on a regular basis is, that is a crappy introductory message. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and 90% of the men will get all like, well, you know, fuck you, blah, 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 and they'll go off and, you know, live in their little hidey hole. And 10% will be like, oh, shit, you know what? You're right. And I've been sending that message, that message to a lot of people. And I'm like, well, you've been doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Try or, actually approaching people like humans. And it's, it's, it's so funny because it sounds like common sense. You know, like it, 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 it sounds like, you know, that thing you learn on the first day of like dating class is, you know, be yourself, let the person get to know the real you, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's no different than if you are a person who's a really big Star Wars fan and you're really into cosplay, when you have the first date, you don't go, you don't knock on her door in your full blown Darth Vader costume. Like you just don't do that. <laughs> You know, like you might have one hanging up in your closet, but that's not a good way to show up for your first date. You know, you don't show up dressed like Boba Fett. Like, okay, like I get it. You're in the Star Wars. Break her into it slowly. You know, have dinner. Ask her if she's familiar with the movies. You know, ask her if she knows who Princess Leia is. You know, break her into it slowly. Don't show up, talk, (laughs) you know, don't talk like Yoda the whole date, you know. Um, and don't but, refer to your car as the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, like, 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 <laughs> like, hang, you know, like hang a trinket or two up in the car and let her see it and be like, oh, that's the Millennium Falcon, isn't it? Oh, my brother was in the Star Wars. Like, let her notice it and start mm-hmm. the conversation. But you know, like you said, a, a lot of these guys just can't get out of their own way, and they they lead with it, not understanding that this woman hasn't been studying cuckolding for years and years like you have you know like all all you're going to do is turn her off and and scare her away and the other thing is you know dude you've lived this long without cuckolding in your life you can live another year or two while she gets used to the idea absolutely seriously you can and um this is i mean that's that's a key you know letting people get used to the idea and I think what happens is a lot of people will sort of rush things. And this happens in vanilla as well. Men want to rush to the sex because deep down inside they're terrified that if the women really get to know them, they won't give them the sex. 
<laughs> and you need to kind of look at that from the opposite <laughs> perspective. What you need to do is as a cookhold, you need to say, I am able to provide so much amazing fulfillment to any woman that she will be so comfortable with herself and so comfortable with her body and so comfortable with her sexuality that the world is our playground, right? You see, the one is, is a scarcity and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it's, it's a insecurity mindset. And the other one is I'm going to find the right woman and I am going to either she's going to have the most amazing sexuality and already be there or I am going to help her sexuality blossom in such a way as whatever we choose to do together will be amazing. And it might not even end up being cook-holding, but that's okay because the connection that the two of you develop will be so amazing and crazy good. Yeah, that you can pretty much take it anywhere. one of your possibilities. Right, you can take yes. it anywhere. and that's a key. That's a key. I mean, cook-holding is great. Don't get me wrong. Anybody who is interested in it, I'm like, absolutely, explore it. I am happy to answer questions from men or women about this topic. Um, at the same time, I do not suggest, just like poly or, you know, femdom, I mean, there are a lot of people who come on to my um, women in charge group on, on Facebook and be like, Oh, I believe in female superiority. And I'm like, bitch, stop. Nobody is superior because of their genitals. <laughs> people are superior. I mean, there are, there are men I absolutely adore and would trust with my life. And there are women I would not put in charge of a hamster. Right. And vice versa. And, and you know this and vice versa. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, this is, there is no one right way for everyone. Cook holding can be for the right people, the most amazing, intimate, deep, bonding, sexy fucking experience ever. So and for the wrong people, it's shit. So going <laughs> off of that, what you just said, since you've been involved with the cuckolding for a while now, how would you say it has, if at all, how would you say it's changed or altered the way you view yourself and the way that you feel about yourself? Because it, it, I guess the reason why I ask that is being a dom is, is one thing. You know, you have a certain level of control mm -hmm. over somebody and it's, you know, it's, it's almost more like regimented in a sense mm -hmm. um, where, you know, maybe there's protocol involved, you know, and this person views you as their superior, you know, in the context of that dynamic, when you're dealing from a strictly dom sub, you know, that's how that person views you. Whereas it seems like what I've noticed um, with cuckold couples, it's, it's more than, I guess, your, your typical kind of servitude. It's almost like a worship kind of thing. Like they, mm -hmm. they when they call you queen, when they call you goddess, like there's, there's, that's different than ma'am, you know, um, like when someone says, yes, ma'am, or someone says, yes, goddess, to me, from what I've experienced, there's a difference in their perceptions, not saying that one is better than the other, but there's just a difference in how they see you. So 
right. being that you've been involved in cuckolding for some time now and you have this deep relationship, how has it altered the way you feel about yourself? Um, so let me touch on the Dom thing real quick. Mm-hmm. For me, dominance is less what a lot of people think of as, like, you, you mentioned the protocols and, and so on and so forth. Um, it's, it's just the core of who I am. Right. I have always been kind of bossy. I've always been um, willing to speak up. I've always been willing to take the lead. So, and um, for me, it's not, it's not so much a superiority thing as it is two amazing equal people coming together with different needs. He needs to be led and feel owned, and I need to lead, and I get off on owning him. So the cuckolding, so that that might be, I don't know if that's because, you know, that's who I am as a dominant, well, it is who I am as a dominant, but the point I'm trying to make is maybe that makes me more suited to cuckolding specifically than just dominance. I mean, worship to me, owning somebody to me, desire to me is such a critical factor. Like that is what pushes my dominant button. Right. The desire, the need, and cookholds have that in spades, right? Absolutely. Like they are they are made of desire. They are a flesh bag filled with desire. That is what they are created from that is if they're not entirely focused on one thing at work or whatever where does their mind wander desire this is it's like oh god and it's just so like i look at that and i see that and i'm like this is fucking sparkly and it's all directed towards you oh and it's all yeah Yeah. oh yeah i mean and even with my pet though like again i've talked about you know how i share him I actually direct him towards others as well in the sense that I say, you know, like he has a thing for really like, you know, how you have those thoughts in your head. Like um, some people have a thing for really skinny girls and then they also have a thing for really muscular girls. And they all, you know, so he has these things like he looks at really big girls or he looks at really muscular girls and he, you know, and he checks out girls with really curly hair or whatever it is. Right. And um, I encourage that. And I say it every time you feel desire, that's mine. No matter who you're looking at, no matter what ass you're seeing or what legs you're drooling over or what eyes suddenly catch your attention, that desire is all mine. So it doesn't matter who you're spending it on at any given time because I own it. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's my power over him. He will be out like festival and there's women running around with great asses and amazing hair and he will text me frantic he's like oh my god i want you so bad there are so many amazing women here i can't stop thinking about you (laughs) right so that part of the dynamic the cuckoldry for me made the dominance even more sexual than it was before. And it was pretty damn sexual. I mean, I've, right. I've always, dominance is, I mean, I, I don't, I don't do dominance unless I get like a sexual thrill out of it. Um, so, but it made it even more 
and the deep intimacy and mental playing has become cemented as part of my core. That's beautiful. That's, I, I, I like how you articulated yourself on, on that, and I'm sure that there are many people who are listening to this who what you just said is, is, is going to, to resonate with them. Another thing that I'm sure they're going to be curious about just because, and just to kind of give people a little bit of background, listening to you talk, you can, it's very evident that you are well versed in a number of different things. And I want to make sure that I let people know, um, like I said, we met on FetLife and, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a a number of of writings. I believe you told me that you're an author (laughs) as well. Um, yeah. you know, you, you're, you know, you teach, you know, you're very well versed in this and you're very comfortable with expressing yourself, you know? So uh-huh. what I want people to know is this is a woman who, like you say, pretty much since birth, you've been around this and it shows in, and how comfortable you are talking about it and how passionate you are when you talk about it. Like, this is not a weekend hobby for you, <laughs> you know, oh, good. Like, googly, googly. No, it right, not. like, like this is, you're not using this as a distraction from real life. This is a part of your real life. Um, oh yeah. This is, this is a core of my life. This is, uh, there's a book out there uh, by Naomi Wolf, who's a super duper feminist, but I didn't really know a lot about her before I read her book. And the book is called Vagina, um, a new biography or something like that. Anyway, um, in the book, she actually goes through a lot of science related to people who have vaginas, right? And she talks quite a bit about how there are orgasms and then there are like the big O. Mm-hmm. And when I, when, I, when I speak this to men, the way I say it is, you know, when you're like laying in bed and you really need to sleep, right? So you rub one out and you manage to get yourself an orgasm in two or three minutes and you're done, right? That's an orgasm. And then there's the big O, the one where you're like building it. You've been, you know, sexting back and forth for days or weeks or whatever. And you get this big seed and you're holding out as long as you can. And she has, you know, come all over your cock like 30 times or, or you've made her come with your mouth and your fingers, you know, a million times or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And then you finally get to release and your entire body sings with it, right? And your world becomes a slightly better place. <laughs> In the book, better. vagina, <laughs> yeah, everything is better. Yeah, everything the sun is, is, better. The sun is the shining vagina, brighter. It talks specifically about how the uh, female nervous system reacts to those big O's. And it actually makes women more creative, more productive, more assertive. So if you want the woman in your life to be a creative, productive, assertive cookholdress, you've got to learn how to give her those the most amazing orgasm she's ever had in her life, regardless of what your shortcomings may be or are not, because mm-hmm. I know not all, all cook have small penises. Mine's 
my pet is actually average. So he's, he's a grower, though, so he looks tiny um, when he's not hard. But he's actually very average. Um, he is the smallest I've ever had, which is something I, I get to tell him. And I get, I'm telling all of you, so he's now publicly humiliated, um, <laughs> which he really enjoys that small penis humiliation. Uh, but despite his perceived shortcomings, let's put them that way, and despite your, and I'm speaking to the cuckolds out there, perceived shortcomings, you have a mouth, you have fingers, you have toys, you have creativity. Learn Yanni massage. Learn the G spot and the D spot. Learn how to lick her pussy and her ass and her tits and where to nibble on the shoulder that will drive her into the throes of orgasm. Learn all these things because a sexually satisfied woman is more self-confident than a woman who is not. Period. End of story. Science proves it. Read the book, Vagina. It's a great book. It's not mine. I have other books out there that, you know, you'll hear all about. But this is a good book. You will learn a lot about vagina havers and how their sexuality integrates with their life and makes life better for you as a cuckold. And you as a bull, Michael, because, you know, there might be other bulls listening to this. And that's also something very critical is understanding that a bull is not just a cock but is also a voice, is also a set of hands to grab and hold and move around and whatever. There is more to all of this, and there's always more. You can always, always, always learn more. If you're going to be seriously into this lifestyle, do it. Absolutely. And I guess to kind of piggyback on on what you just said, one thing that I constantly say to a a number of cuts, you know, because their inferiority is a big thing to them, you know, they, mm-hmm. Their perception that they cannot they bank on it. Yeah, that they cannot satisfy their and and they focus so much on, you know, on on the size of their dick. And I get it, I understand that. But what I try to get them to see is, the bull only has a small window of time with your woman. Yes. Like you have all of this time. So like what you just said. There are so many other things that you can learn about her, where she likes to be touched, how she likes to be touched and licked and massaged and and talked to. And like like you you get to go home with her. So you have such Mm -hmm. a huge advantage over the bull as far as everything that's not cock related. You know, like he might try to abdicate her sexual pleasure to others. Right. Like there are still really things that you can do. To. That will never work. Yeah, there are still things that you, that you can give her. Unless you're like a billionaire and she's willing to stay with you for the money, you will ruin a relationship giving up all of her sexual pleasure and eventually her emotional connections to another person. Absolutely. You know, it's, don't 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 go there. I mean, if it happens over time as a result of her desires and yours, that is one thing. But to try to force it down that fetish route, which is an extreme fetish mm-hmm. for people who are bonded together as a lifelong couple, you're probably not going to be a lifelong couple for very long. So, with your particular dynamic, I mean, obviously, like you had said earlier there are a number of different activities that people enjoy 
within the, the, the cuckolding dynamic. So what are some of mm -hmm. your favorites? Like what types of cuckolding activities do you particularly enjoy? Um, so we play safe. So there's not a whole lot of cream pie action going on, although we enjoy it when we have the opportunity. Um, really, really, really like, so we also play together and separately. Um, separately quite often because we both have crazy busy lives. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we play separately, uh, I often send uh, photos, videos, and um, often audio record the entire session and send that to him so that he can listen to my pleasure while he's like, oh, I don't know, working. <laughs> <laughs> so you, lo you love distracting him? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, distracting. I mean, distracting, what a silly word. I'm not distracting him. I'm focusing him in on me, which is what I'm <laughs> um, So, yes, things like that are, are super fun for us. When we know that uh, a bull session is coming up, I will um, reduce his orgasms quite a bit. Um, in fact, you know, we'll, we'll set up a thing, you know, a couple weeks ahead or a couple days ahead or whatever that you don't get to come until, you know, my bull has come. Um, so we do a lot of that kind of, that kind of play. I mean, of course I can, I can reduce or restrict his orgasms anytime just because I want to, but it's fun having that specific thing as a reason. Um, he, I mean, we, we do, we do some, we do some by play. Uh, you know, like fluffing and that sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. We uh, we do we'll do some humiliation. He enjoys you know humiliation and that sort of thing. He enjoys you know sitting in a corner. He enjoys participating and serving. I mean, I don't. I personally, like I said, I don't do chastity. Um, I don't do like specification or feminization to me he's attractive because he is a man and exactly who he is as a person mm -hmm. um so i have i have no desire to try to change that in order to control him or anything like that i control him just fine in fact i don't even think of it as control control is a bad word i inspire him to please me in ways that i want to be pleased just fine without you know trying to change who he is as a person um in fact there there have been times when uh a bull and i have had a date and my girlfriend has actually taken pictures and sat and texted my pet oh, so while she's given, she is in the room so she's given like the play-by-play -play. yeah she's in the room <laughs> taking pictures and watching and texting pet and saying haha too bad you're missing this so, she, so she's like the john madden to your football game yeah yeah that's pretty hilarious um, we've even done FaceTime before. Um, you know, when he had he had to work late or whatever, he would pop in for you know we'd let him pop in and watch for fifteen minutes or so. And mm -hmm. I can't even so, imagine yeah, how he would drag himself back to work after watching you like on FaceTime <laughs> for like fifteen minutes. That like he, it must be so hard. Practice. It must be so he difficult for him to like to get, to get his mind back on his work after just having what knowing that you're not done. Like, knowing that it's still yeah. going on and he just kind of was able to pop in for a quick minute and then had to pop back out. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine what that must be like to try to, I mean, I don't know what he does for a living, but whatever it is, to try to sit back down at your desk or 
deal with yeah. your colleagues yeah. and, 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 and try to stay focused. Um, obviously, you and I could talk for a while about this, and I, I, I try to keep my interviews a certain amount of time. And <laughs> I wanted to give you time because I know that you have this wonderful site that you're working on. And I wanted to give Hell you time yeah. to kind of tell the people about it and kind of explain a little bit about it. So I'll just say the name. You say it's called uh, Dating Kinky, right? Yes, Dating Okay, Kinky. so why so, don't you tell people? And what I like when you explained it to me, and I think it would help my, my listeners as well, when you use the FetLife to Facebook uh, mm-hmm, match.com yeah. analogy. So if you could just explain to people what Dating Kinky is. Okay, so Dating Kinky, it's datingkinky.com, is my new dating site for kinksters. Um, As you had said in the previous podcast with Venus, is that, you know, FetLife isn't a dating site. It was never meant to be a dating site. It's a great place to meet people, but it's not a dating site. It is our kinky Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so Dating Kinky is is meant to be the match.com or the OkCupid of kink um, in the way that Facebook is, or FetLife is to Facebook. Um, and so what I'm doing is I'm creating a site that is specifically for kinksters, um, of course, by a kinkster as well. And that means that you can go in there and you can choose your roles. So you can choose one role for your profile. Like, for example, you might choose, you know, submissive for your profile or even exploring, right? You know, let's get, let's get totally noncommittal as your, as your primary role, exploring. And then you can choose the roles that you use to match with other people. And that might be switch, submissive, cuckold, primal prey, you know, spanky, boy, right? Mm -hmm. So you can choose all of those roles. And if I am in there, I actually tend to identify either as a kinkster or a dominant um, as my primary role. But then in my roles, I'll be, you know, dominant, cuckoldress. Um, I switch top to bottom because activities, hedonist, um, what else, top, uh, you know, that type of thing. And what I'm looking for, if what I'm looking for matches any of the roles that you have chosen and what you're looking for matches any of the roles I have chosen, then it will connect it. So if I'm looking for a cuckold and they've got cuckold chosen, and they're looking for a cuckold dress, and I've got cuckold dress chosen, then each of us will see the other as matching regardless of all the other roles, right? Because mm-hmm. we've got at least one connection thing in, in common. Um, so, yeah, and we're actually going to be launching that uh, the first week in September. We've actually been live for a year um, to get feedback. We got about 30,000 members during that year. Um, and then we shut it down so that we could create the site new with really good code and a really solid framework because 30,000 members before was kind of stretching our capabilities. It was right. slowing things down and getting really buggy. I um, mean, it was not meant to be. Um, it was not meant to grow quite as quickly as it did before. So a lot I guess people out there. I'm doing something good. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of kinky yeah. people out there. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And you can either, you know, keep an eye on datingkinky.com. I have a blog there as well, which I write on. Um, I'm Dating Kinky on Twitter. I've got Dating Kinky on Facebook. I've got a Dating Kinky group on FetLife. 
And then on FetLife, I'm Milky Notes, and I have, as you mentioned, I've got over 700 writings there, some of them about footfolding, some of them about femdom, some about um, behavior modification, which is one of my kinks. So there's a lot of ways to, you know, get in touch with me and keep an eye on the site. And then I've also got, at the end of September, Dating Kinky, the book coming out, which is going to have information about how to connect with kinky people, not just on my site, but on any of the sites that are out there and ideas and suggestions on, you know, how to find what you're looking for and send that first message and fill out your profile and whatever. And for anybody who's wondering, don't worry about trying to remember all of this um, on my website, on the Keys and Anchor site, and also for those listeners of mine who are on Patreon, I will have all of your links. I'll have the links to your okay. Life page. I'll have the links to you know, uh, wherever your blog is, I have the link to your Dating Kinky site. So as many links as you want to give me, I will include uh, with this interview so that people are able to to better find you on the different platforms that you're on. Cool. That's awesome. Now, is there, in closing, is there anything that you would like to say, understanding that you have all of these women and couples and, and single cucks who are listening to you right now? Is there any... Any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave them with before you bid farewell? I like to say that, I mean, I believe that cookholding is one of the most intimate fetishes or kinks that a couple can, can explore together. Um, it's also been described as the intellectual fetish because there's so much creativity and thought and communication that has to go into that. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that really has to go into building that relationship um, well and solidly and sexually. So for those of you that are in that relationship, I say, fuck yeah, have a great time with it. There's so much to do, and, you know, if you've got any ideas for me, hey, send them along my way, Um, because I'm always open to new ideas. And then um, for those of you who are not yet in this relationship but are interested or eager or whatever, I say just, you know, take your time, be it, and really build the foundation, because, you know, I have heard from people who rushed it and, you know, said, oh, my wife left me for the bowl or, you know, whatever. And many times once I dig down into it, there's really obvious reasons like, you know, the cookhold wasn't supplying her needs to begin with. Mm-hmm. So she, finally, yeah, she ended up cookholding him, but then she left him as well. So really, you know, take care of each other. You know, this is, this is, this is about love and connection and bonding really, really deeply from my, again, this is my experience, you know, I mean, other people, you know, there are doms out there with dominant male partners who take on some cookholds, right. And, you know, cookhold them for fun or whatever. But um, from my experience as part of a lifelong relationship for those cookholds who are looking for the cookholdress wife, um, Take your time and be the man she needs you to be and support her sexuality 
in order to give in order to get, right? Give in order to get. And the cuckold is as well. I mean, it, it, I, I, I believe that a sexual relation, a sexual, <laughs> you know, where my head is at. I believe that a successful relationship are two people giving everything they can to a relationship and feeling like they're getting back more than they give. So even though I'm getting back so much more than I give, my pet also feels that he is getting back so much more than he gives. So whatever we're giving to each other just fills us up so much. And the only way to do that is to figure out what makes the other one full, right? You can't just give, like, I read this on a blog that she'll like it, and so therefore I'm going to do, you know, steps one, three, and eight every single time we have sex. Pay attention to your partner and build an actual human-to-human relationship rather than, you know, seeing each other as that's a cuckold, my fetish object, that's a cuckold with my fetish object, and therefore we're in a relationship together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Nikki, I want to thank you very much for being on my show. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest, and I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of people out there who hopefully will take to heart uh, some of the things that you said and at least think about it. You know, um, what I would love is for, you know, Cucks to listen to not only your interview, but other interviews I've done. Like, I do these interviews with women to give Cucks insight. Like, I'm, like mm-hmm. I do this to help them primarily like listen to what these women are saying like like the information that they are providing you with is priceless it's priceless like it'll do more for you than any forum that you're on you know any question that you ask and you know people are just throwing out you know three or four quick sentences without knowing your background like the information that you and the other women are providing, I hope that the guys who are listening truly take it to heart. I mean, truly take it to heart because it is invaluable. And I want to thank you for being so candid and so forthcoming and, you know, just just for being your wonderful self. It's greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can, you know, talk you into being on the show again sometime. My pleasure, and of course. (laughs) Well, again, I want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. I am your host, Michael C., and everybody have a blessed day, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Mm